Good evening and welcome to another episode of the National Pastime Dynasty Fantasy Podcast. I'm your commissioner and more importantly, three-time champion Max, and I'm joined here by playoff hopeful Andrew, Joe DeMamios. Andrew, how's it going? It's going good. It's been a while. It's been a while. No, it's going good. Happy to uh, be back. This is the, the first time for me to be on back-to-back podcasts well i wouldn't count it as like back-to-back podcasts because we haven't recorded in like or i haven't recorded in almost a full month um but like we haven't had a podcast out for three weeks now yeah but you know i i you may not count it but i count it so uh go to hell Um, i I listened to it i listened to it it was definitely not a kind podcast to me like yeah, you know, we said you didn't care about the league, and then the lack of podcasts after really do back up those statements. It really that now that you mention it, like that doesn't look great. I don't know. I like it's hard to do this on some Mondays, um, and then like I think there was one week where I tried to. I think I asked five or six people, and everybody was busy. And I was like, all right, well, if I, I'm not going to do one by myself. Like, screw this. So whatever. We're here. Um, the league looks just crazy different in comparison to where we were on the last podcast. Like, the playoff race is humming, especially if you're an Arthur Rhodes. Divisions, you know, divisions will do that. Like, I think you said earlier in the group text that, it would probably have happened regardless, um, and it'd be like this regardless. But you know, divisions do do that to a league. Do do that. Do do. I, I don't know, man. Like it's it's funny if you look at it. So Trevor's in third, and Sam Crawford, um, and he would be tied for first in Arthur Rhodes. But like that's not saying much considering all four of the Arthur Rhodes teams, like the top two are half a game ahead of the second two. So that, that's really top five. Cause it, I, I am the, the fifth guy in the division and only one game back. So, you know, technically speaking, I don't know about all the matchups, but I am able to, you know, I may be able to flip up there for first place. That's, I mean, that's what you're rooting for right now. You're on the wrong end of musical chairs, but like, I yeah. Be- You've, you've still got a pretty good shot. I mean, you've got double-digit wins right now. If you were in uh, 
Sam Crawford with double-digit wins, you would currently be slotted for uh, for the playoff run. It, it really is crazy because it. I'm just thinking about all the, you know, I don't want to say first week, but the first couple of weeks on the podcast, everyone was like, Arthur Rhodes is a trash division. You know, Sam Crawford is way better. Um, it's just crazy to kind of look at the standings and see how things have, have kind of panned out. Obviously, in Arthur Rhodes, myself being at the bottom of it, but there's really five like true, true contenders um, that I think can beat anybody, any of the top four in Sam Crawford. Um, but it's just crazy how different things have slowly, you know, kind of transitioned um, from the beginning of the season. If, who knows if that's schedule or, or kind of what that is, or obviously, you know, some trades and things like that, but it's crazy how things have kind of shifted. I, I got to say, especially given the narrative that we've had on the podcast, talking about certain teams, I got to give kudos to two specific guys in that Arthur Rhodes run. One of them is Chris who has dealt with worse injury luck than anybody else in the league this season. Like he, he traded a King's ransom for Ronald Acuna. Um, He lost Luis Robert early and and got him back. He lost Cabrian Hayes for a long period of time. He lost Will Smith for a little bit. Um, He's had bad pitching luck. Savali fell off a cliff and Luis or Julio Urias um, is currently injured. Like he is hung in there. I, I, if, if we had, you know, end of season awards, which I think we should, if we, for some reason don't, you know, on a podcast or something, Chris, obviously a little bit to go, but if Chris ends up making the playoffs, it should be, in my opinion, a unanimous manager of the year. Like you said, with, with all the injuries he's had and, and kind of just making one of, if, you know, if not the biggest, you know, trade this year from a splash standpoint and, and just the number of injuries, like you said, it's I've I've ridden him off multiple times just in my head and I think I've said it multiple times on the podcast it's like yeah like there's just no way Chris's team keeps that up or keeps this up and here he is you know still in the playoff hunt with a couple of weeks left dude he's in the thick of it you know he's in the driver's seat right now and I remember like I feel stupid now because there was one podcast where I was like if I'm Chris I know my team's playing over their head. I know everybody's injured. I'm I'm playing for next year. I'm playing keepers. Like that's all I'm gonna do. And here he is. You know, here he is, and here I am. Look at us. Yeah, he's made really the the Mark Canna trade I liked on his end. Tim Anderson was obviously a big one. Um, Tim Anderson is fantastic. But yeah, I, I still even just looking at his team, you can't write him off. Obviously, I'm still just like, how is he doing this with this pitching? He's just, he's got enough. Like he has enough. It's not enough to shut anybody out. um, Unless of course they're facing one specific team in the league. We'll get to that later, but like he's got enough to win more often than not. And like that, that's truly all it takes. He's got a really well-balanced roster and he's made good moves. Six. What does he have? Six relievers going or on his roster right now that are true. Obviously, Two of them have the the starting pitcher relieving relief pitcher spot, but the the six relief pitchers. And when you look at their names, it's like okay, well, obviously Kenley Jansen's been there a long time, but everyone else, you're just like, uh, huh? yeah, who are uh, these guys? What fly is this? Eh, but yeah, it's just <laughs> like, but I mean, obviously it's it's working. I obviously his you know with Urias on the IL that hurts a lot, but. It's just insane that he's what he's been able to do just with the number of injuries, like you said. And uh, Trevor Rogers, I didn't see Trevor Rogers, but first of all, he stopped performing well 
completely for like a month um, and then went on the family emergency list. He's an NA right now. Well, he so, was a guy that they were talking about at the beginning of the year having an innings limit of some sort, right? Yeah. So they've, I mean, the most he's pitched since mid June is five and two thirds. And that was just once. Yeah. That's obviously with, with the number of relievers he has, it's not as big of a deal as long as he keeps the ERA low, but I just wonder, you know, if it's like, consider, you know, if they're like, all right, Hey, and you know, give you five more starts pending when he gets back and you know, if he's close to the hundred, you know, 130, 140 innings, kind of what's that, what does that look like? Do they, not pitch him for the rest of the season because that would obviously be a huge blow, huge blow. But it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. And you said you had another team. Oh, it's Brad's team. It's Brad's team, and uh, it's easily Brad's team. I mean, what's so funny is if you look at Brad's roster. So first of all, his offense is the NL East without the Nationals, um, and also without Lindor. Like Lindor has been having a shit season. Lindor is one of Brad's premier keepers, somebody you would think that he would lean on, somebody that you would think he could be a spoiler in the playoffs with. And Lindor is currently injured, but has just been dog shit all season long. But here's Brad rostering Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, and Jorge Soler of the Twins, and then Segura, Bryce Harper, and McCutcheon from Philly. Like... Good well, Lord. McCutcheon has, I, I think, did McCutcheon went undrafted, didn't he, in our draft? Yeah, no, he was not drafted, and he currently has 21 homers. Yeah, and that's an, that was an insane pickup, and I think the last podcast we had, I'm pretty sure Brad was playing the Almighty Tims, and uh, I said, Austin Riley, you know, he's known to kind of be hot and cold, and I think he's getting hot again, so watch out. And ever since, he's just been murdering the ball. Oh yeah, he's been going ape shit. Like he he's having a crazy career year. I can't and remember Salvi too. Salvi, everyone I remember except for you, Max, was given like why who why would you keep Salvador Perez? And here he is hitting almost what two eighty and has thirty home runs. I am insane. I am the biggest Sally Perez fan in the whole league. And I hope Brad keeps him and makes you all look foolish. Um, I haven't looked at the draft. I, I know that Brad drafted Austin Riley last season, didn't keep him, and then redrafted him. I'm wondering if if he actually ended up with a better deal this year. But either way, like you look at Brad's team, we've talked about Freddie Peralta, Christian Javier is a good reliever for the Astros now. Tookie Toussaint is big Tookie Toussaint guy. Apparently, I I don't know, whatever. Like, and and then all we talk about his relievers a lot, and then you know keeps him in a lot of matchups. So, a plus job by both Chris and Brad staying in the playoff hunt over there. I thought they would be the two odd men out at this point, but really, it's hate to it's, admit it. So did I. You know, I. It's, it's come down. Thought. There's five teams now, yep. truly in that playoff race. On the Sam Crawford side, it's basically all sealed up like levi levi still has a pretty good shot you know if if i mean we need chase to lose so levi's facing chase this week if levi beats chase he's got a real shot that brings him within half a game of a playoff spot um we realistically need both chase and trevor to to lose trevor's facing the tiger emoji this week so that's great but Right now, it's looking like Huck, who surprisingly is in first place now, 
um, Matt, Trevor, and Chase are going to be the four representatives from Sam Crawford. For sure. And I mean, the snubs can get snubby. So you never want to say, you know, oh, it's 100% a guarantee. But I do wonder, I mean, obviously it is looking like those four all but pretty much have it, have it locked up. I wonder if, because I've always, I've been a big uh, proponent of, you know, I don't want to do the, the reseeding after, you know, I want, if we're doing divisions to do the, you know, the four seed in one division, play the one seed in the same division. I wonder since, because obviously Arthur Rhodes will more than likely come to potentially come down to the last week. Right. So obviously those five guys, it's, it's, fighting tooth and nail but i wonder what's your if it kind of changes anyone's opinion on it considering you have one division that's all but somewhat locked up from a playoff spot perspective i don't think so i don't think anybody's gonna go oh i i want it to look this way because i don't want to face this team like i just i can't imagine somebody being willing to admit that about another team in the playoffs like if i'm in the playoffs i'm like yeah i don't give a shit who i face line them up i'm all about it Right. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be, I'm not gotta the good teams regardless, but yeah, yeah you're not, I'm not, but you like, sure are not. if I like to think that if I was, um, okay. So something we talked about a little bit this morning in the group text, and I've had some side texts with people that I specifically mentioned tanking. Uh, how do you feel? So we've got a, a bottom tier of the league currently, which I'm right there on the edge of it, you know, and, and, I hate that, but I currently have 90 moves. Everybody knows I'm doing my best to win. Uh, Adam, if Franny hits a homer or really the Indians do anything at all, he's talking about it. Um, right. He's he's not a huge moves guy, but he also likes the guys that he has. He, he doesn't let his roster get stale. Um, Victor makes more moves than anybody else in the league. He yep. He's working harder for wins than anybody else. Like he just is. Um, but then we look at the other side. So there's Tony, who is an infamous, uh, nobody knows what he's thinking, nobody knows what he's doing, nobody knows how to reach him guy. Not surprising. Not surprising that his team kind of fell off. But then we've got John, who has been talking about he's playing for next season since like week two or three of the season. And Sutton, who's been doing the same thing since like week four of the season. And he jokes a lot about how his team's done and things like that. But like looking at the moves these guys are making or they're the moves they're not making and how close some of these matchups are. What do you, I mean, it's, I hate, I mean, obviously I hate it. I want, I want it to be, I guess, first, let me say this. Obviously the later on you get in the year, especially I would say post trade trade deadline in this league, obviously at that point, it, it's much more difficult for teams that have been mathematically eliminated to, to do much to improve their, you know, team in general. And obviously when you get closer to football season and just really, once you get in the middle of August, I think it is somewhat, as much as I hate it, I think it's natural for maybe instead of guys checking, you know, five times a day that to kind of fall off a little bit. Right. So I, I want to kind of preface it by that. Obviously, once you're kind of mathematically eliminated, like I want you to, you, of course you want to care, but I, I understand maybe, oh, I, I didn't check it in time for so-and-so to, to activate so-and-so off the IL or, or something like that. However, it, it does seem that it's gotten to a point where teams are, are for la really just trying to lose, which, and, and I, I benefited from it last week. You know, I beat John 15 to zero and, and it was really no 
doubt about me winning that game since about Wednesday. You know, after Wednesday, I said, okay, I got this. And it's it's tough when you when obviously getting last place, you get the first overall pick. But to have the at this point, I feel like you're having some teams just deliberately lose. It you'd really for, you just hate to see it. You hate to see that. But it's also like to play devil's advocate, right? Like if if like obviously you know Sutton and John have kind of been the ones that have been talking about that the most in the group text, and they can and, and obviously it's easy for us to say, well, they're not trying, which I, I'll be on record. You got like, they're not trying at all, but they can also rebound and say, well, I don't have the least amount of moves made in the season. Like I don't have the least amount of moves. I'm tr- like, if that's what we're de- defining as trying. So it, it's, it's just, you, you, you want the, like Victor, for example, Victor tries every week to win. He's picking up guys. He's, just nonstop picking up guys trying to win. So it's really tough to like, that's what you want out of everybody to have enough, you know, respect for the league and knowing that, Hey, you know, I, when I play Victor, I know it's not going to be a walkover. Everyone else in the league respects that and wants that to happen, especially those who are fighting for a playoff spot. Dude, I'm Owen two against Victor this year. Right. Okay. Like I, it's, I'll, you know, if anything, I just want to spread the word. Okay, Victor will out hustle you and claim that he did it to me. Not that I'm going to say his team's <laughs> better than mine, but he out hustled me. Um, yeah, Victor, I, that like, wasn't to pick on you. You were just, I'm looking at the standings and you, I was talking about John and Sutton, obviously at the bottom of Arthur Rhodes, and you were just at the bottom of Sam Crawford. So that's the only reason I've, I've loved what you've actually done to improve your team um, for next year. But that was not, you were just the, the first team that I looked at. I, like he's he's clearly making all moves. Nobody can, yeah. uh, nobody can say to him like, "Listen, could you just do a little bit more?" Like that. That's not a thing. Um, with Adam, I, I also don't doubt it. I was texting with Adam on Sunday night, and he was like, "Man, if I would have just done this one thing, I would have won." And then Max Muncy hits a homer, and he won Sunday night. And he texted me immediately. And I know for a fact, I wasn't the only person he texted, you know, like right. he's got his guys that he really likes. I, he already knows who he's keeping for next year, but like you look at his roster and it's like, there aren't really problems on this roster. I, if I were him, maybe I, I stream a little bit more, um, but I also kind of get where he is right now. Like, mm-hmm. like he can't, he's not going to drop Alec bomb. Alec bombs. One of his keepers, Jace Peterson plays five positions. Like, Adam's never going to be a guy that makes 91 moves um, just right. because if he has somebody on his team, he generally likes them. So I, I texted. Uh, so I was texting with Sutton today after I called him out in the group text. And I just want to be very clear. I'm never going to police effort in this league. Like it's, if it was a real problem, if it was a real, like haven't heard from you, your whole team is on the injured list, like Levi last season. Levi last season was a problem. And if he had a different last name, we'd probably have a new person in the league, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. That's, it is what it is. Um, but, like, and I am nowhere near that with Sutton. I know Sutton cares about the league. I know he cares about his team. Yeah, he was in the he was in the finals last year. Right. He's, he's, he's better at this than he claims to be. But, and I told him, and I'll say this to anybody, like, listen, if – if you make zero moves in a week 
and you lose by one or two categories and they're counting stats. It's like stuff where you should pick up whoever the pirate starting pitcher is for today because it gives you a better shot than not picking anybody up at all. Then, yeah, I'm going to give you shit for it, especially when it's a like, again, I have a 2% chance. I have a Mets level chance of making the playoffs right now. Uh, But like, Still, Trevor's in my division. That could have affected me. He'd be within half a game of Chase right now. Definitely affects Chase. Definitely affects Levi. Um, And he made no moves and lost eight to six. So it's it's just tough when, like, if you look at the bottom four teams, right? If if we were to, and I know there's been, this is obviously in in the football league, and I know some people play fantasy football like this, or really fantasy leagues in general, to where, you know, the team who just misses the playoffs gets first pick because it shows, you know. Not necessarily that it shows effort. It's just something to play for the whole season. It, In my opinion, t- half of those teams would be making moves and trying harder if if they weren't fighting for the number one pick and tr- number one overall pick and trying to lose. And that's what just – there's not really another way to put it. That's just what really sucks about it. Well, and in the gridiron, um, which is the, the main football league for our family of leagues – it's a it's a lottery, and you have a better chance of getting the number one overall pick. Is if you if you get ninth, if you get last place, it is the worst odds of getting the number one overall pick. So we've never really instituted anything like that in this league because like we're dynasty, and the difference between the first pick and the second pick usually isn't much. But for this year, it's huge. Like this year, we we have a lot of us have speculated we've got a big first round coming in, and you could be looking at Freddie Freeman with the number one overall pick. So there's a big incentive to get the first overall pick. Oh, for sure. And then it's it's I try to kind of balance it because obviously being the someone that you know I have three guys that were taken in the first round, I have three guys that were taken in the second round. So obviously, and and I think for most people that have looked at it from just a top heavy talent, this is probably as loaded as the first round is going to be since really I've come into the league. So I, I do sometimes wonder, cause I, I, this, I was looking at it and obviously it's frustrating with, with people tanking it, but I try to be like, well, are we more, are people more frustrated? I know, I know you were Max, Max, uh, Max Ethan and I were kind of texting about it earlier and it's definitely frustrating. Is it more frustrating because we know how much talent is at the top of the draft this year? Like if it was, you know, the prior years, would it still be as big of a deal? No. That's where I kind of like, just to play devil's advocate, it's like, I don't think it would be, but it still just sucks. It would be if, if it was a different league. Deep down, I don't think John and Sutton are tanking to tank. I don't think they are losing on purpose every week. I Like, I really don't because I think they... Like, you know, I don't think we have anybody like that in this league. I don't think like I don't think we have a single person in this league that lacks integrity. You know there's what I mean? A, there's a difference from trying not to. There's a difference between trying not to lose and then trying to win. Right. And I'm my when I'm saying like, oh, man, people are tanking. It's apathy. That's all it is. It's all right. Well, I'm not going to make the playoffs and setting the lineup so that you're not, you know, being you're, so you're not the absolute worst, but you're not actively trying to win, which John said, you know, well, I got busy with work and, uh, you know, I had fantasy football draft, but it's like whenever, and anytime Levi sends me something like, Oh, sorry, I was busy at work. I'm like, did you take a shit today? I know I did. And when I did, I right. picked up a pitcher and that pitcher got shelled. Okay. But like, 
it's we're not talking about you know doing a podcast or you know oh you didn't watch the episode of this show this week like no it's it's checking the app that most of us are on all day every day i mean hell john was logged into yahoo all weekend long looking at football right. players and things like that you're saying after the draft you're not going to log into the same app and just hop over and see if your guys are hitting well like it it's, at least once a day but but and i know he didn't if he was in the playoff run, he would have checked. He would have gone, oh, I got to make sure my pitchers are in. Oh, I got to – oh, shit, I got to pick up a pitcher for tomorrow. I got to pick up something for tomorrow if if he was in a playoff race. But it's just – it's apathy, and I'm not sure – I mean, do we do we need to do the rule where it's like it last place gets worst, like the lowest first-round pick out of all the non-playoff teams? Well, I was, and I was going to ask you, I, I think if that was a rule change, and I, I don't – I would like at the beginning of today, I was like, if no one else submits that, I'm going to submit it. And it has nothing to do with right right now, who is the odd man out of the playoffs, right? It's me. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> Listen, I, I am, think we should do it so that I get right. the first pick. It's only fair. Right. So for me, it's like I, I think it should definitely be discussed. I want, I do, I don't really know if it'd get passed or not, but I do want to know because I know Chris kind of today in the text, and obviously, who knows if this even happens or gets submitted or anything. One, I, I do think uh, an idea of a lottery, you know, again, much easier for me to say because I'm not the one who has to deal with, you know, putting everything together. That's that's all for you, Commissioner. Maybe you delegate that to to Tim's. Well, it's, but, it's uh, names in a hat. It's names in a hat. We're not talking right, about. Not, Right. Anything crazy. I mean, regardless, I don't have to do it. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I do like the potential, you know what, it, it kind of adds, you know, some sort of, Hey, it's, you know, it's baseball's over. We're dealing with the, Oh, we have, you know, four or five months until the season. If, if we kind of did that kind of maybe to, you know, beginning of the new year to kind of hype up, okay. Like, you know, when are we drafted? Let's get keepers in that sort of thing. Um, just to kind of, just to add something, right? I'm all for that. Kind of like in the football draft for, I know we were just starting that dynasty football league and we did the little, you know, hundred yard dash for, for draft order in the first year, something like that. Yeah. Just see what, what you thought about that. I, I love the, uh, so uh, honestly, Gridiron does it best where it's night before the draft. You don't know if you don't make the playoffs, you don't know what pick you have until the night before the draft. And it makes planning for it. I mean, not impossible because it's like, all right, well, listen, I know I'm going to have an early first round pick, late second round pick, unless you trade draft picks. But like, I love it. I, I love it. And that's that's what I would recommend if we're going to change the way it is now. The reason I didn't have a problem with it before is because generally, like if you got the number one overall pick, you needed that. Like similar to the MLB or NFL, right. like teams that get the number one overall pick need it. But this year... I mean, if, if we're talking John or Sutton's going to get it, and I look at their keepers and the teams that they're going to have next year, like they don't need it. You know, like it's right. They are they are set up. They have they have done good planning and are set up for next year. Um, but like that being said, I'm not going to. I mean, I don't know. I, we can we can do a rule change at the draft. We changed the we did the rule change rule change rule change. <laughs> um, where when we vote for stuff, it's it's year up. So that is something that can be brought up at the draft. I do think it – I'm all for it. I, I think that would be awesome. You know, I think 
for football, it's probably because of the the rosters and things like that, and just the talent pool, especially in and two quarterbacks. It's it's a little bit more difficult. So you're like, oh shit, I was expecting, I was hoping to get the second pick. Now I have the seventh or whatever it is. Um, I think in baseball that doesn't matter as much. It can, obviously can still matter just because there's so many different positions and, and things like that. But I, I personally would be all for that. Now I could auto, I would automatically think that you know if you had the first or second pick, you're automatically going to vote no. Probably. Yeah. Right. Why wouldn't you? But luckily there are more people. Well, not luckily, but there are more people that don't right. have the first or second pick. than Right. Do. So like, it, I don't know. I, I don't feel one way or another about it. Like I said, I don't think anybody's intentionally tanking, but like it was, it was a frustration for me this morning. Whenever I went and looked at moves, um, it turns out John did make one move last week. He, he added Connor Joe uh, at Connor some Joe point. Who? Yeah, exactly. So he added <laughs> them. No, I'm not going to do it on that. I'm not going to take that set up on the podcast. Absolutely not. Adam um, would so do it. Adam I, yeah, and Trevor would so do it. They're better men than I am. So, uh, but like added him for an injured spot or an NA slot. I don't know. He didn't drop anybody. So um, I I don't know. It, it was something that that annoyed me at the time, but it's one of many things I think that we're going to be looking at for rule changes for next year. My my number one thing is probably going to be increasing uh, pitcher minimum innings because now so many people are doing the strategy. Yeah, I think that's almost a obviously pending on what the the new innings amount is. I don't know if that's a situation where someone proposes, you know, I propose it's this and you know, or if it's just like I propose it changes and the vote passes and it's like then we got to figure out what kind of like divisions was which causes a headache, but I think that that's one that in my opinion will, will more than likely pass if that's proposed. For me it's all about negotiating. I'm going to start at like I think it should be 70 innings. So people can be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, fine, 45. And they'll be like, that's right. You know, something like that. Okay. Um, all right, let's let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. People that are looking for studs this week are waiting patiently for us to announce our waiver wire all-stars. I don't know how they've gotten along. Maybe that's why they didn't make moves last week. They didn't have anybody telling them who to pick up. Um <laughs> They weren't, they weren't told who to move for. Exactly. Like, so here are the waiver wire all-stars. Anybody that's looking for a stud sitting out there on the waiver wire, we're about to tell you. So if you haven't listened before, this is where we pick one player who's a hitter or a pitcher that's currently unrostered that we think should be rostered. And we give reasons why, as always, I am going to announce my player first. So Andrew doesn't take them. And the guy I'm talking about, it's two syllables, two syllables, Plays for the Pirates, hitting leadoff for him tonight. His name is Hoy Park. Hoy Park. Hoy Park is somebody that the Yankees traded to Pittsburgh. Um, he was in AAA for the Yankees. He was batting 327 with 10 homers and eight steals in AAA. And the Yankees traded him and another prospect for some relief pitcher I've never heard of. Uh, and honestly, the, the name escapes me. All I know is that it looked like a great trade for Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh almost immediately is giving him playing time. So the interesting thing about Hoy Park is yes, he had 10 homers in AAA this year for the Yankees. He prior to this has never been a power guy. He's not a guy that hits the ball, especially hard. Um, what he does do is he runs good bases. 
You know, he, I mean, you look at years past, he stole 32 bases, 18 bases in limited time, 18, 20. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy that can swipe some bags and he's got great plate discipline and the minors. He took a shitload of walks and always struck out under 20%. Currently in the majors, small sample size, it's got a K rate slightly under 30, but he's still batting 267, um, has one Homer. And like I said, hitting lead off for Pittsburgh right now, which, you know, that Pittsburgh lineup is not as bad as everybody else thinks it is their biggest weakness. In my opinion is pitching. Um, but it, it's somebody, if, if he found pop this season and if he can still put together those stolen bases, like he's, he's a real low risk kind of outfielder for you. Right. And uh, shortstop slash outfielder. Yeah. Looking at, I'm, I'm wondering, cause obviously it's a small sample size, right? I think he has what probably like, I think it's 49 plate appearances yeah. so far this year. I wonder if it's just like, he's just a good base runner because baseball savant page has his like sprint speed from the MLB percentile rankings is 41%, which way faster than me. Right. But that, I wonder if that, if he's just like Mr. Oh, I can just see the ball and like get a good jump and, and stuff like that. Maybe. I mean, I know he's he, like I said, he's got plate discipline. So that's, that might be why he's hitting lead off and it might not have anything to do with speed, but he swipes bags. He, puts the bat on the ball and he doesn't strike out too much. And he takes walks. Like I think Hoy Park is going to be a, a solid contributor for the Pirates for the next couple of years. Somebody I'll look at in next year's draft. Yeah. And like you said, that Pirates lineup is, is not, especially at the top. I mean, if he's hitting lead off every night, he's hitting in front of, you know, if he's hitting first, you got Cabrian Hayes hitting second, baby Burt Reynolds hitting third and Colin Moran hitting fourth most nights, which as a top four, that's not bad at all. I'm a huge Colin Moran fan. Ethan makes fun of me for it a lot, but um, all right. So who is your waiver wire all-star? So this week was, was tough for me to, to find the waiver wire all-star. Um, there were a couple of guys I had in mind, but you know, just from, uh, Oh yeah. Stash him on the IL, you know? Yeah. Because he has position flexibility, that sort of thing. But I ended up uh, deciding on Mr. Chafin. Ah, the Chafin. Best best first name in the world, Andrew, Mr. Chafin. Um, the way he's pitched since he's joined the, the A's has has been awesome. I think he he will be. I'm actually a little shocked that he hasn't started to be at least a, a holds guy for him yet. Um, but based off of kind of his his just in 2021, his in the MLB percentile ranking. So obviously being a pitcher, you know, you want the, your percentage of average exit velocity being high. But when you just look at his Average exit velocity is in the 87th percentile. His expected ERA is in the 96th percentile. Expected batting average in the 90th percentile. Chase rate, 82%. Barrel percentage, 92%. I think by the end of this week, he was just given a save opportunity. Um, obviously, the saves got getting a day off. But if you're giving a guy a, a, save, offer, a save opportunity, He's got to be one of the late inning guys, so I think he could be a steal later on. This, obviously, late in this late in the season, for for a playoff team that potentially needs to find holds. And, and Oakland is is a good team this year, a good offense, and should be winning a lot of games. So, in my opinion, I, I was a little shocked one that he was available after kind of looking at his page, but I, I guess I get it because he hasn't gotten the holds chances as of yet. But I would be on the offensive picking him up. Because uh, I think those hold chances will come, especially now that he's gotten a save opportunity. The thing I like the most about Andrew Chafin 
is you know the baseball kid movies that we grew up where it's like uh rookie of the year little big league things like that yeah he looks like the bad guy on the other team where he's just kind of chunky has has a very uh full mustache and just kind of looks he, he kind of looks like a just an older guy, older grumpy looking guy. Um, I know he's not. I know he's he's a fan favorite. He's been mic'd up a bunch. Um, he he really does look like the the pitcher when when Henry Rowan Gardner is on the base paths and doing the just mocking him on first base. He looks exactly like that guy from his picture on Baseball Savant. Either that or uh, the guy that Bob Euchre said in Major League, like he threw it his own. Oh wait, no, was that? Or am I still thinking of Rookie of the Year where he's like, he threw his own kid in a father-son game? It's Is the announcer in Rookie of the Year, is it Bob Barker or a lookalike Bob Barker? No, no. So Bob Euchre is, Euchre, is the one right. in – Sorry. No, he's the one in Major League. Um, I can't think of who it is in Rookie of the Year. I just – that line strikes me, and I see Andrew Chafin, and he could absolutely play that character. Um but also I'm seeing pictures of him online where he's wearing a shirt that says failed starter, which is just fantastic. <laughs> just embraced it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> awesome. Um, so, okay. Andrew Chafin, a good recommendation for the week. Uh, go out, pick up Hoy Park and Andrew Chafin. We have spoken. So let's move on to the matchups. We've got some really good ones this week. Like there are some bottom feeders facing bottom feeders. There are great teams facing great teams. I didn't update the colors for the divisions. So you're not going to know who's in what. Um, I'm going to do that now. So our first matchup, we, this one is, is very relevant to the playoffs. We've got Camacho, who's 9-7-2, and two, going up against another playoff hopeful in Sam Crawford, the Oscar snubs. Andrew, who you got? So I was I, I decided who was going to win my choice to win these matchups at about four o'clock this after four or five o'clock this afternoon when you sent me um kind of the our, our podcast outline. And I think the snubs are gonna get stubby. Obviously now he's up eleven to zero at this exact moment, but I had already planned it. Joey Gallo, I think, is gonna get hot, already has a home run tonight. And he's a very hot and cold hitter, very streaky hitter. Um, so if he turns on the power, he got Fernando Tatis back. Um, Teoscar Hernandez has just been on a tear. Um, I'm getting his stats pulled up here. But in the last month, Teoscar Hernandez is hitting 360 with 22 runs scored, six doubles, eight home runs, 31 RBIs. Yeah, whoever traded that guy's a moron. Yeah, I wonder if that guy's in the playoff race or not. Probably but, uh, not. But just Teoscar Hernandez is on an absolute tear. Um, I think Justin Turner recently just got activated, who's always uh, – Justin Turner is such an undervalued or underrated player, in, in my opinion. He never gets tons of tons of talk. Obviously, he has a little bit of an injury problem, but always hits around 300 and, and has an okay enough power. I'm obviously hitting in an awesome Dodgers lineup. I do worry about uh, – obviously, Chase's offense is insane also. I'm very interested to go just from a, a next-year perspective. Where does Cedric Mullins get drafted? 20 home runs, 22 steals so far this year. Um, Jose Ramirez has – if he gets hot, is is someone that can win a week by himself. But I think with, with the snubs offense – um, and just the pitching he's he has, I, I, I'm going to pick the snubs this week. Zach Wheeler, 
Zach Wheeler is fantastic. I didn't actually realize how good of a year he was having until I looked at uh, Levi's team last week, kind of a couple days before the trade deadline, just to see, especially since he texted that I'm out, I'm out of it. Um, but man, Zach Wheeler's having an awesome year. He really is. Zach Wheeler has been tremendous so far. Uh, I'm going to pick against you on this one. And it might just be because, God, man, I thought I was going to beat Chase last week. I, like we were going into Sunday night and I was like, all I need is one of the three Astros on my roster to score one run and I'll beat Chase. And I could, and I tied him. Thank God for Max Scherzer or else I would have lost. Um, but let me tell you, Jose Ramirez facing him sucks balls. It's the worst. He's really good at baseball. Same goes for Cedric Mullins. He's a real piece of shit. And I hope he's on my team <laughs> next year. Um, Chase has got a pretty outstanding team. Not to mention, I feel like nobody noticed that he picked up Travis Darno. Travis Darno was injured for so long. He was such a hot draft commodity until, you know, lo and behold, he gets injured. And it, it seems like, all right, he's not relevant anymore. Here he is on Chase's team, which is pretty fucking relevant right now. Um, one of the biggest headaches about facing Chase is freaking Johnny Lasagna, Jonathan Loesiga for the Yankees, picking up all kinds of little hold saves here and there, like things like that. And then the Miami bullpen, you don't expect anything bad to happen if you're facing the Miami bullpen, but anytime Miami wins, he gets something because Miami doesn't win by 10 runs. It just doesn't happen. So if, if Miami gets a dub, he's getting a piece of it. So I, I do think Levi's team is good. Um, and I, I'm rooting for them for playoff reasons. Like, I I need Chase to lose for playoff purposes. That being said, I'm still picking Chase this week to win. Uh, I just he's, – he's got a better team. He, uh, his team looks ready for playoffs. Also, shout out Adam Wainwright throwing a Maddox last time he pitched. The nine-inning nine sh- uh, complete game shutout, I think it was under 90 pitches. Guess who – uh, Can he keep that up? Guess who traded him, Adam Wainwright? It can't be you. The, oh, it was, it was absolutely me. It can't I'm, be someone that's won three championships. I am so dumb. It's unbelievable how dumb I am. <laughs> Adam Wainwright right. is always one of my favorite uh, streamers during the year, and obviously he's picked it up to where he's way above streaming this year. But I was like, I, the old guy. I don't need him. He sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, stupid, stupid. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. This is a huge matchup in Arthur Rhodes. Like, this is the playoff race incarnate right here. We've got the Dukes of Flatbush, 11-6-1, going up against Shalom Yall, who's 10-6-2, currently sitting a half game behind him. Ethan wants to climb up and get that number one spot, and I'll start us off by saying I don't think he's going to do it. Not this week. He, he's got a shot to do it, but I don't think he's going to be able to do it this week. The Dukes are in a pretty good spot right now, um, especially if George Springer is able to avoid an IL stint because he's been just hot as balls lately, just hitting home runs like crazy. Um, big problem for Ethan, two-start week for Garrett Cole. Hate to see it. Hate to see it now that Garrett Cole's good again. Um didn't get a quality start tonight, so that's a good start. But uh, aside from that, Jonathan India has been white hot lately. Uh, and then it's just a ragtag group of, like, who gives a shit? Oh, my gosh. Oh, they're putting together numbers. Like, 
He has so many injured players, but like Jake Myers giving him two two homers randomly the other day. First two homers of his career to help the Astros win the game. Um, batting ninth for the Astros, I have no doubt he's going to continue hitting and playing well the same way Adelise Garcia has, the same way Jonathan India has. Like Offensively, um, I think the Dukes are going to do just enough to fend off Ethan's team, which is a good offensive team. But uh, pitching-wise, the bullpen for the Dukes is stout. And then two-start week from Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns pitches tomorrow and is also probably looking at a two-start week. That is, uh, that's a tough start to go up against. So, and two-start week for Kyle Hendricks, who sucks, but like, you know, <laughs> it's still something. Dude, it's like going up against uh, Alex Reyes, Josh Hader, Blake Trine, and Devin Williams is just not fun at all. Like that is a tough bullpen. That's that is a rivals spreads bullpen bullpen. Yeah, I I I have to agree with you this week. Um, I think in a in a week where he or Chuck doesn't both have Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns on potential two start weeks, Ethan's pitching is fantastic. You know, Herman Marquez has been awesome recently. Um, you got Joe Musgrove has been awesome, and, and Robbie Ray, obviously, who traded that guy again, right, has been fantastic. Big idiot. Um, <laughs> fantastic, but the, the fact that, yes, Chuck's bullpen is so good, and he has Corbin Burns and Garrett Cole, maybe, you know, two of the top five pitchers in baseball right now having two start weeks, um, That that's just, I think, it's going to be a little bit too much. I think offense on the offensive side of things, um, I don't know how bad George Springer is hurt. I know he's day-to-day right now. I have no idea if that's serious or not. Um, so that could obviously be a big, you know, a big deciding factor there um, if he can, if he's not able to play. Um, I just think, well, I think Ethan can, can edge him out on the offensive side of thing with Castellanos. Whit Merrifield will win him steals by himself this week. Um, Simeon's been awesome. Willie Adames has been an awesome pickup. I know he was available. Michael Brantley is the most consistent batting average guy in the league, um, in my opinion. So I think he'll edge him out on offense. I just think with, with Chuck's bullpen and those starters going, I just think that Chuck edges this one out by one, maybe two categories. No, I agree. I think it's definitely going to be a close one. And I agree about like, I, the big the tricky thing is that Ethan's pitching is good. You're right. And if he has to, Ethan will use all of his moves and stream just to get those counting categories. So, I mean, a big part of it is going to be if the Dukes can do enough on offense, which I said earlier, I think they will, but it's, it's no guarantee. Again, he's counting on guys like Jonathan India, Patrick wisdom, Jake Myers, batting ninth, uh, Brandon Crawford in a util slot, which Brandon Crawford's a great hitter, but like, is a Utah slot. Right. What are we talking about? We'll say Kyle Schwarber's back. So if he can pick up where he uh where he left off before getting hurt, what seems like like in the first month of the season almost, it seems like he's been hurt forever. But if he comes back and can start hitting home runs like he was, I that that could be the swing factor also. But I, I'm with you. I'm going Chuck's team this week. Kyle Schwarber, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to the next matchup, another very relevant playoff matchup, but this time they're reaching across the aisle. we got a Sam Crawford versus Arthur Rhodes, huge clash of the Titans. we got the Houston Tiger emoji, 10-6-2. and two. 
just neck and neck with Shalom Yell right now. Can't afford a loss. Going up against Rumham, who's 10-5-3, and three, also trying to hold on to his uh, playoff spot. Andrew, who do you have? Yeah, so this is a really good. Obviously, Trevor, we kind of talked about it. It's all but an, all but a just an absolute all-time collapse has has clinched playoffs in my opinion and and obviously Chris is someone that I'm fighting with on the Arthur Road side for a playoff spot. I'm I'm I have to root for Trevor and I also think he's going to get it done this week. Jed Lowry um Jed Lowry doubles machine um has been awesome this year from just a a random I think was a throw in and a trade and a pickup from the other team has been way better than just a random streamer on offense. He got Evan Longoria back and hopefully he heats up a little bit after having a super long stint on the IL. Trevor story seems like he's heating back up and, and hitting like the player that we all knew he was. Eloy's back um, still waiting for Cody Bellinger was a, a little hot, but who knows what he'll actually be. I just think what it comes down to is the pitching, you know, Montes is having an all right start so far. Mr. Frankie, uh, Walker Bueller's awesome. And just looking at Chris's injuries, you know, Urias is hurt. Savale, how he wasn't really, you know, he's been hurt forever. But um, who knows if if Trevor Rogers comes back this week. And kind of looking at that, you go, well, you know, obviously Desclafani has been awesome. That was an awesome deal, in my opinion, for Chris. Um, who Who is he going to have starting? He's got a really, you know, if he streams right, he might have a shot. But I just think Trevor, with with the pitching that he has and his offense compared to the number of injuries Chris has on on the pitching side, obviously new injuries because he's had guys hurt all year. Um, that's, in, in my opinion, a, a just a little too much for Chris this week. And especially if Javi Baez doesn't come back, I'll take I'll take Trevor's offense and pitching over Chris's. But I think again, this is another one that'll be real close. I am going to go against you again, and it, it might just be optimism. I might just be like, God, I want to make the playoffs so bad. Um, but I I think Chris can take this one this week. Uh, I think he's got a good matchup with Trevor because Trevor's got great starting pitching. Um, Chris, on the other hand, working a little 5-3 strategy right now. If he can get a decent start from Desclafani and then work – Fulmer and Whitlock, give, give me a hold or two between those two guys. Uh, Richard Rodriguez is a uh, – he's almost a better holds guy than he was a saves guy now that he's with Atlanta. Um, Ian Kennedy is slotted in with the Phillies and is not an absolute train wreck like the rest of the Phillies' bullpen is. And Kenley Jansen and Jake McGee, I think from a bullpen perspective, uh, Chris has got Trevor beat. I, the problem is I don't think he's got the starting pitcher anchor that'll give him a really low ERA. So I, I'm going to pick Chris, but I'm going to call tie on this. Like um, I'm thinking it's a tie because right? I can't pick between them. And I think Chris's offense is, is real sneaky good. He can just get power across the board. He can get stolen bases from a couple of guys. He got a triple tonight from Austin Meadows, which is not influencing my decision, but it is. <laughs> so Technically, I'm picking Chris, but I want it on record. Um, that you no, know, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm not. I'm on record for the first time in podcast history. I'm picking a tie. And I cannot believe you're doing that because I because you know I I've already said my piece for this matchup. You know I'm looking. I, I have the next one pulled up, and you know I was you know thinking about doing the same thing here, but now 
You stole the thunder. Yeah, what you're gonna you gonna steal my move? You wanted to use my move? That's like fine. it was it wasn't gonna be a steal, but now there's like the only way it can come across is a steal. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. If you want to steal my move, just let me know that you're doing it. Just let me know. Um, I'm picking a tie, tiger emoji and rum ham. Just a heartbreaking tie between the two of them. Let's move on to the next matchup. So this one is not as big of a uh I'm gonna say this is a playoff hopeful team against a non-playoff hopeful team, but it is an Arthur Rhodes special, one of the only two of the week. We've got in-play runs, currently 4-13-1, going against Brad, the wild card, 10-5-3. I'm picking Brad. Andrew, who are you picking? I am picking Brad this week. I will say that I'm hoping kind of after the the group text discussion and, and things like that, that up. You know, maybe Sutton makes a little more moves. This was going to be the one where I was going to pick the tie because I think when everyone looks at Sutton's roster, you're then you kind of look at his record. You're like, what on earth? You want to pick the tie? Pick the tie. I'm not going to do it. Leave me alone. I'm not stealing your thunder. I'm my own person. But I think Jesse Winker going on the IL is is a big, big loss. I think that happened either yesterday or today. So that's a big loss for for Kevin. But I, I think. Brad squeaks it out. Uh, Matt Chapman has been awesome for for Sutton. Also, I think he has four home runs in the past week. Um, I like the Brendan Rodgers pickup, but just the way Austin Riley has been hitting, all of his you know Phillies um, have been playing awesome, and and just with with his pitching, you know, Tuki Tucson had an awesome start again tonight. You know, quality start so far. Uh, Brad is Braves, man. My yeah. God, you know, Freddie Peralta has been awesome. So I. I'm going to pick Brad in, a, in another squeaker. I'm saying one category. Little squeaker. Um, I speak squeaker. I didn't, I didn't provide expanded uh, reasoning for, I just, I think Brad's got a great team. I think Brad's got a great team and he's ready for the playoffs. And, and uh, you know, he didn't do much early on in the season, but over the past month, month and a half, he's managed to hell of a team. Like he's, he's got a good roster. And let me tell you, he still hasn't dropped Dylan Moore, who's batting 181. But like beyond that, uh, I think this team's pretty pretty tough to beat. So um, I'm rolling. Is there, with... is there a reason why you didn't want to, you know, go into any extra? It seemed like you were like, yeah, this I'm done. I just like I don't know. After our, we we spent a lot of time talking about uh, teams at the bottom of the standings, I I would be delighted if. You know, we shamed Sutton into into some more moves. I, I would love that if if that ends up being the case. Um, and like it's, I said it before. He's got great keepers. He's lined up really well for next year. But Brad has a real playoff contender right now, um, and is I mean he's he's playing for keeps. You know, yep. he's getting it done. And his Braves, which is most of his roster, are taking that division. You know, like the fact that he's not invested in the Mets and Nationals, the guys that aren't currently contending in the NL East, uh, he's he's chosen some good horses. He has, and I would typically say I don't want to have all of these guys from the same team. Obviously, I know some of you specifically, Max, love to have all the Astros, as many Astros as you can on your team, and I typically wouldn't be about it. But, yeah, it's really uh, helping it's, me out this season. But I mean, it's I mean the strategy's working out for him. Obviously, having you know picked the like you said that the two teams and and those guys that are all performing on those teams, so it's worked out for him. 
Yeah, I think Astros, uh, something came out today. The baseball reference says the Astros with like a 20% chance to win the World Series. And I have like half the roster and I'm not going to make the playoffs. I just don't get it. Losers lose, you know? Yeah. There's no change in that. Losers lose. Losers lose. Our next matchup is Sam Crawford bout between two juggernauts. They're playing for first place right now. We've got Save Ferris, who's 12-5-1, who's currently half a game ahead of Tennis for My Hooligans, SC. He's 12 and 6. Huck versus Matt. Andrew, who do you have? So this one, I just to be fully honest with you, I don't know how Huck's team is performing the way it is and how his <laughs> record is the way it is. Um, obviously, I'm wrong there, but I'm going Tim's here. Um, I think Tim's team is way better than Huck's team. Obviously, Huck's team has he has obviously you always miss a guy like DeGrom, but hasn't really missed him that much. Um, I'm not sure how his team has done it, but but I'm going Matt here. I think Matt's team just up and down, obviously, with the whole, you know, punting, starting pitching type of move. Um, I think the way Matt's pitching is, you know, is they, they have enough to, to for sure take those categories. And he has some solid relievers also. Um, so maybe squeak one away from from Huck's team. And I just I mean, Tim's offense is just insane. I know this is a little off topic. I thought that that Huck um, obviously was a little bit difficult just from the already having awesome keeper side of things to trade with, with Sutton. But I thought Huck's team could have definitely potentially used another bat um, and maybe trading, you know, uh, for, for a bat from Sutton would have, that would have been something I would have explored. And for all I know they did, but I think his team maybe needs another bat just from a, a going forward standpoint. But for this week, I think, Tim's is back for re- revenge. I know Huck. I did. Is this another scenario where it was you know same matchup back to back weeks? Uh, I'm not sure because we didn't do a podcast last week. So it was. It was. It okay. Was. And Huck so Huck beat him last four. week, twelve to yep. four. Yeah. I I am you know five home runs for Tim's last week. I I'm thinking that his team comes back with a vengeance and wants to you know retake that top spot. So I'm going Tim's here. Well, he's got three tonight, so between two players. So that's a good start. However, I'm going to pick Huck, and let me tell you why. I Don't get me wrong. I don't like Huck being at the top. I don't like it one bit, but I look at his roster, and he's had some very minor changes. Um, but the changes that really matter, like the DJ LeMahieu trade with Victor, I think we gave Victor a lot of credit for it, and it was a great trade for Victor. But, like, do we awesome. – do we think DJ LeMahieu is not good anymore? Because, I, I mean, he's been hitting for average for Huck. He still bats first in a great lineup. Yeah. Um, I, I loved the move for him. Anthony yeah. Santander, somebody who I championed earlier this season, I think in the last matchup alone, uh, like part of the reason he beat Matt was four homers from Santander. He hits the ball hard. He just wasn't – he wasn't putting up actual numbers for me. So – you add those guys to Pistol Pete Alonso, uh, the Kiner Falafel, who is, you know, one of the better offensive catchers from a triples, steal and bases, runs perspective. Yep. And, like, I feel like people forget he's still got Otani. He still has Charlie Blackman. He has Ben Intendi in a good year. Um, I like Carlos Santana. Josh Rojas, to me, is someone he needs to think about keeping. Like, Josh Rojas is a good hitter and hits lead off a lot for the Diamondbacks. Like, he's batting 281, 11 homers, 7 steals in a late, late round. Huck never dropped him. 
So Annie has Annie has all that position, those positions that you know we all know Huck loves. Right. It's it's a classic Huck team where if somebody's got a day off, Huck's going to be able to fill it. So and Otani pitcher Luis Garcia and all of those relievers, he's still pulling off the five three strategy better than anybody else in the league because he planned it from the get go. He didn't have to pivot from anything. Like he is he is sticking to the same strategy he stuck with, and so as long as he can tie offensively um which i think he's got a team more than good enough to do so even with matt's big lead and homers on monday night i still think huck pulls this one off and stays in first and i hate it but it is what it is you're wrong okay that's fine (laughs) i'm okay with that let's let's talk about a big interdivision matchup here a real, you know, this is the one everybody's going to be watching this week. We got the Master Chief Wahoos. They're five eleven and two, going up against the Never Nudes. Four thirteen and one. Definitely going to make at least one move this week. It's going to be huge. Um, I'm going to pick Adam, and let me tell you why. Uh, Adam's got some guys that have been heating up. Adam's coming off a win, coming off a Sunday night win. No better Hello? feeling. No better feeling. He got a Max Muncy homer win. So. Between that, I, I don't understand why Bobby Dalbeck is not on anybody's team. But, like, I I don't know. I, I look at his roster, and I know Anthony Rizzo's on the IL, and, and, you know, Max Kepler's having a really down year and is just starting to bounce back right now. But, like, I like Adam's team. I liked it at the beginning of the season. I love Muncie. I love Cronenworth. Uh, you know, Franny, always been a big fan. Max Kepler, like, I don't know. It's. I, I think the Tristan McKenzie trade for Charlie Blackman at the beginning of the year was stupid, but he did it, and he's had really bad luck with those young pitcher keepers. Obviously, hasn't had Clevenger all year, but I I like Adam's team a lot. Um, I don't like John's team, even though Wander Franco looks really cool this year. I'm looking forward to seeing him for the rest of the season. I just I don't think John's team is good. He's riddled with red X's on a regular basis. I don't like any of his pitchers i mean I, I could see any one of his pitchers getting shelled for like five or six runs any night so like i like zach gallon zach gallon's having a terrible year um right and for the rest of them yeah i just i don't know I, adam has a real competitive team and i don't think john does right now um uh, and if john makes five moves this week i think he's got a shot but i don't think he will so i'm taking adam i agree with you uh as much you know, they John's team just lost and got shut out. Did not score a single point. Their season, they've they've known it's done in the locker room, but now it's it's just cemented, and that will stay over. That's a cloud over their head for the rest of the season. Um, but kind of like what you, to, just to kind of reiterate what you said, John has so many red X's tonight. Uh, it'd be different if Mike Trout and Mookie Betts were healthy, um, both on the IL. Um, and and I like the the moves that Adam has made. Cronenworth has been fantastic for Adam ever since he got him. I think Rizzo's due back to in the middle or endish of next week. I think they'll get it. That'll give his team a good boost. Um, and then Adam's pitching, like you said, I, I think Log- Lo- from the long term perspective, from for John Logan Gilbert's, a, I think a good long term pitcher. Um, but Zach Gallon has been awful. Dallas Keuchel is a just a. Bleh. <laughs> for fantasy, like, for fantasy, like, yeah, for fantasy purposes, you know, he 
he he'll get you the quality start every now and then, but he's he'll walk more guys than he strikes out a lot. Of, not a lot of the time, but just doesn't get you high strikeouts. Has a high whip. Uh, you're you're really the only reason, in my opinion, you're starting him is if you just need the counting stats and you've given up on, you know, if if you just need the ERA or you're trying to get a win or something. You know, he doesn't strike anybody out. So I just I, I don't like him from a fantasy perspective. Um, I'm interested to see how Tristan McKenzie kind of bounces back. He's had three, you know, in a row good starts here. I don't know if that, you know, affects if Adam keeps him or not. Obviously, he was a, what a couple, a couple, an inning or two innings away from a perfect game his last start. But I, I just, I really like what Adam's done to his team for even this year and also the long term. And I, I just think he, at this at this moment, cares more. So I'm going yeah. with Adam. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with you there. Let's move on to a matchup that I think we're all watching very closely. It's another interdivision matchup, Clash of the Titans. We're looking at the disabled list SC, 7, 10, and 1, coming off a tie, going up against Paul Goldschmidt's gay, who's 6 and 12. Andrew, who do you have? This week, as much as I want to say, you know, I feel like the narrative for your team has been, all right, I'm winning going into the weekend, then you end up losing like 8 to 5 or something like that somehow. As much as I want to do that, I'm not. I'm picking you this week. I think, I mean, we say it every week, Tony's never going to win a relief pitching category. Um, your pitching is, in in my opinion, solid enough, especially, you know, you got Scherzer, McCullers, um, Sonny Gray, even though he's had a little bit of a down year. Um, Odorizzi has had an all right start so far tonight. Um, compared to, to Tony, you know, Kershaw's still on the aisle. Carlos Rodon's been one of his top pitchers. Um, he he's on the IL. Uh, it does help a lot getting Chris Sale back. Um, if Sale, hit, Sale. That uh, that obviously makes it a little more difficult. But I, I think your offense. Obviously, you've had some really bad luck this year. Um, I think your offense is is right up there compared to the top offenses in the league. And your pitching staff is 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 good enough to get the job done this week. I think you 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 beat Tony here. Um, I think you'll get double digit categories. Yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah, we have been really unlucky. We do have a really good team. Thanks. I, I think so too. Um, I I'm also picking myself to beat Tony. I with very little confidence. Just just based off of my team's <laughs> past performance. Like I'm this year has really thrown me for a loop. I, I like, I still like so much of my team. I honestly, I picked up Chaz McCormick because Harold Ramirez got injured and I was like, fuck it. I'm watching the Astros games anyways. Like, and I'm, right. I'm rooting for them all the time. They're doing really well tonight and my guys are the ones doing it. So you got to love it. Um, yeah. I think I'll, I'll beat Tony because I'll get a hold and a save and, I'll never understand that. I mean, Tony six and twelve. Haven't heard from him. I hope you're doing okay, Tony. Hope you're listening. Um, park twice if no you're in shot, Milwaukee. Right? No, no. Is there someone else in the league that you are more sure is not listening to the podcast than Tony? No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. No, I I could see anyone in the league listening to any particular episode uh, after Tony. I don't think it's even close. I, I can't even think of who's who's the least likely to. Listen after that, like I would have said Brad, but ever since I think he was on the podcast and gave his just fantastic, outstanding, every praise ever seltzer review, I think he lists he's he's one of the first people to listen. 
No, no, it's not. And I don't think it has anything to do with podcast. I think it's just Brad's a busy guy. I've been trying to get him back on the podcast. We've been working hard. We need another seltzer review. Um, but he's true. he's always got a lot going on. He's got 76 kids in his house. Like it's 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 tough for him to find some quiet time. Um so maybe I would say Brad probably is the second least likely, but it's not with uh not with any negative feelings towards the podcast. And I appreciate that. Let's move on to our final matchup. And you'll notice in the outline that I'm I'm not like Victor's team is I don't want to talk about it, which is it was confusing to me when I first typed it out. So I just changed it to Victor's team um, or Carrasco Mis Huevos SC as they used to be known. Victor is currently 4-11 and 3, but not for lack of trying. Uh, he's going up against you, 10-7 and 1. And I'm going to start us off. And let me tell you, I think you're going to beat Victor. Um, (laughs) Little misdirection. Why'd you have to word it like that? Right? Little misdirection got you. I would say the things that you are worried about this week, the the guys that you're looking at going, please no. It's Aaron Judge, hot. Jesus Aguilar, hot. CJ Crone, hot. I mean, and Jazz. Jazz is homered in back-to-back games, and that's great. But... Victor's got some hot, hot hitters. Um, and at the end of the day, like you've you've got a good offense. Like you, you're obviously you're in playoff contention. You should make the playoffs. Uh, but I think where you win this matchup is with your pitching because you've got a good stable of pitchers. I love Captain Jack, love Woodruff. Uh hope hope both Pablo Lopez and you Darvish come back for the playoffs. Max Fried is good. Giolito, like just Guys on guys on guys on guys, and Victor can't keep up with that. So between that and your relievers, you're all you need to do is take two or three offensive categories, and you're going to cruise through um, this matchup. So no offense to Victor, but it's look at his pitching, Victor. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> look at it. <laughs> are you are you picking yourself? I am. Uh, I'm not as. I mean, obviously, I, I worry. But his his team is is much better than I think his record shows. Um, Obviously, hoping that you know, with the the call with the Rockies playing the Padres, I'm hoping that CJ calms down a little bit. I am absolutely terrified of Aaron Judge. Yeah. Just gonna just gonna keep me awake all week. I'm absolutely terrified of him. Um, I did like his pickup of of Jorge Mateo. Um, he has a pretty good hitting streak going back to. I think he has like a what a ten game hitting streak going on. So that was a good little pickup. But I think. Um, with, with my, I think my offense is good enough to, as you said, I think they'll take more than three categories, um, need Nelson Cruz to start hitting, um, has not hit super well, um, since the beginning of August. I think when I, I think when I traded for him, even his average was around 300. Now it's down to 270. Um, but Arenado's heating up a little bit from a power perspective has three home runs in his past three games. Um, need Bregman to, to just get healthy. I, I honestly don't expect him to be back till the, the 1st of September now. I have no news or inside information to back that up, just how I feel. Um, but, yeah, I think kind of like you said, my pitching is humble brag. I think my, my rotation is, is probably the best in the league. Um, oh. You know, with, with, with Max Freed, you know, obviously I, I've traded for that, right? You know, 
I have Giolito and Brandon Woodruff both in the you know were first round picks. Darvish, Captain Jack Flaherty, both second round picks. Max Fried, I you know has been hot H A W T for the past couple of starts. H A W T hot. Hot um, hot. Hout. And you Darvish obviously is on the IL with Pablo Lopez, but even with the relievers, you know, having the, the Padres closer and the, the Astros closer are just huge, huge deals. And then Tyler Matzik, I picked up last week. If there would have been a podcast, I picked him up in the middle of last week. He would have been my waiver wire all-star. So thank God he wasn't. He had two and two thirds innings pitched last week and had four holds. Oh, okay. Like, imagine the guy is just on fire. Good so guy. I'm picking. I, I'm I'm picking myself to to win this week. Um, but I am a, a little, you know, I'm worried my team's going to come out a little flat after you know dominating John fifteen to zero last week. I mean, uh, you're not going to dominate anybody fifteen to zero right now. Like that's the, right. take that off the table. That's not in the cards. You can't do it. I mean, I'm not going to say you can't do it. You're probably not going to do it. Uh, you might do it. No, I'm, I'm going to say there's no shot. I'm beating Victor 15 to zero or shutting him out, but I do think I'll, I think I'll win this week. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that does it for our matchups before we go. So you are the commissioner of the newest league in our family of leagues. So this is not affiliated with the gridiron or the uh, gridiron South conference, which is, often known as the junior league. This is a new a new thing. So we've got obviously the gridiron, which has been around for almost 20 full years. Um, we are in the 10th season of the National Pastime Dynasty. Uh, I want to say the, the junior league's been around for maybe 15 years. And the basketball league just finish, finished its second season. It is a basketball dynasty, and it's going extremely well. I think it's a lot of fun. So now you've started the football dynasty, which a couple people in in, uh, in NPD are a part of, um, yeah. including Chuck's in it, Levi's in it, Huck's in it, Trevor. Uh, I want to say Chase, you and Ethan, no, Neil, no Chase, no, no Chase, Chase. Uh, Neil, who isn't in the baseball league but is in the basketball and football league, uh, and the gridiron are both in it. So. We draft in a little over two weeks, uh, the the Saturday of Labor Day weekend. How how do you see that going? How are you are you super excited? Do you plan on doing some some extracurricular you know commissioner duties to make the league as fun as as the other leagues in the family of leagues? That's the plan. Uh, obviously, need to work out the details because you know typically from a baseball, really just talking about from a would love to do a podcast right. Um, tough, a little tough to kind of figure out what day to do it since typically they're always on Mondays is, is when we record. And obviously Mondays not going to happen Monday night football. Not gonna but yeah, I, I think all, but I think all, but two members, it's a 14 team league, all, but two members are either from the, obviously this baseball league and the basketball dynasty league. So I think it'll be a super awesome league, super competitive, especially since the majority of, of the owners have already kind of have a little bit of an experience with the, the dynasty format and, and things like that. So I plan on, on doing some little things kind of like we, we did. I think it was two Saturdays ago when we picked the draft order, just kind of randomly running it off instead of letting dumb Yahoo pick it. So obviously 
that's an easy thing to do, but hopefully trying to keep it as fresh as possible and make it stand out a little bit. You know, obviously it's tough to compete with some leagues that I know a lot of you guys have been in for, you know, 10, 15, however many years it's been. But the plan is to, you know, kind of model it after this baseball league. You know, it's something that I think everyone takes seriously as much as I love fantasy baseball. You know, fantasy football is just more just popular, more popular amongst most people. So I think it'll be an awesome league and I plan on. You know, obviously, I'm I I'm not going to rule out any sort of first year. You know, oh, need to make a big change here, or we if if someone does isn't the right fit, kind of changing that around. But I think it'll be awesome. I know you're excited. I'm super excited, man. Like it's yeah, there's something about fantasy football. The fact that most of the games fall on one day, and it's usually one of your least favorite days of the week. Cause you know, you got Sunday scares. You think about work the next day, things along those lines, but then football season comes around and Sunday becomes one of the best game, days of the week. You know, right. I, I don't like Thursday night football. I don't like it one bit, but makes Thursday nights fun. So it's not all bad. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited for football season in general. I'm excited for the dynasty format. I will tell you right now, podcast for the football league is going to be tough given that, same exact format, same exact scoring as yep. the gridiron. And, you know, Huck and Scott Shettig are going to be doing their gridiron podcast every week. And I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, we have a lot of people in the league that are already in that league. And this is very much a different thing. This is not a junior league. This is a completely different entity. But the content's going to be very similar as far as talking right. about players and, and things like that. The rosters will be different. But um, I I'd be interested to see how you put that together. Either way, I'm excited about it. I was super bummed that I got 13th pick. Uh, Ethan's getting 12 for me. Ethan's getting the one overall pick, and I just you were with him. I can't believe you let that happen. We were both just completely shit faced in Frisco going to an FC Dallas game. But yeah, the top four picks are Ethan, Trevor, Chuck, and Levi. So you know, I would have been like. Great practice run. Let's right. let's start it over. Oh no, I pressed the wrong button. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. No, that's not. That's the wrong settings. <laughs> no, but I agree with you. I don't. I, I don't know everyone in your, you know, your. I call it the senior league because I'm not in. I'm only in the junior league, so I'll call it the senior league. I don't know everyone who's in that league, and I definitely think because they already do a podcast for that, maybe a, you know, once every other week, maybe or something like that, especially from a dynasty perspective, and maybe lean towards that. Um, a little bit, obviously, you can't just do that, but that that's probably something we'll have to do at least for the first year and see where it kind of takes us. I like it. I like that idea. Well, especially you got to factor in trades and everything in this new league. You're going to be so, so weird with right. And keepers. So new, right. Who knows what? Because obviously with the basketball league, it took a little while to figure out trading. Um, the baseball league's a little different because I think you've had what this you have you've had all, everyone in this league at least a year, so um, it'll be a little bit to figure out and it'll be a little weird to kind of maneuver that first year trade from a dynasty standpoint. But obviously, you know, for those guys at the top, you're you're pretty much already know who you're taking and who you're keeping until they retire or until yeah. they're old. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I uh, really hate that Ethan's going to have Mahomes forever, but you know, it is what it is. Or maybe. Maybe he takes somebody else. Who knows? Maybe he's like, I got to have Ryan Fitzpatrick. This I'm going to be honest. I heard him when he was a little under the influence say something about Josh Allen. 
Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to start any, you know, rumors. But oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's start some. Let's, you know, let's get it out there. Yeah, you don't want to start any rumors, but you don't mind starting some rumors. No, let's it. let's let it out there and let the people interpret for themselves. Well, that's gonna be our podcast for this week. Happy to be back. Um, not happy to be irrelevant, but Andrew, congratulations on your season thus far. I wish you the best of luck this week. And guys, we will see you next week. Peace.